0: Welcome back, y'all, to episode 47 of the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days podcasting every single day. So let's get into it. All right, y'all, so essentially for today, what do I got on the agenda? Um, I did a poll asking people what the a podcast they'd want to hear. Um, one of the questions was, What's it like living outside of the USA? A million dollar idea, and I forgot the other poll. But the question that I asked was, what's it like living in Quito? And that's what people voted on, so... To give you a little understanding, Quito is a very interesting town within Ecuador. It's the capital. From the research looking into it, it's roughly 546 years old. Um, There's a lot of different interesting aspects about Quito. The first is the altitude. So it's around 9,850 feet. Um, It sits in the valley between the cities. And the best way to describe Quito, really, is it's almost like a sleepy town. Certain cities have, like, a vibe to it, and and certain ones just have a different type of energy. And within Quito, it feels like a sleepy town. Um, very industrious, you know, people working, um, you know. But the food is really interesting as well as the sights around it. So if you look at the backside of Quito, they have Pinchincha Mountain. And you can take up the lift to the top and see it, and it's, you know... I've climbed the Pichincha Mountain, and um, it's about fifteen thousand feet, and which is a pretty good climb, and the altitude really gets to you. But it's a really, it's a really beautiful view of Quito, and I think one of the best aspects about Quito is seeing it at night, because when you're driving up from Cumbaya, and you see Quito, it's just it's really interesting. You know, the first time I came here. I fell in love with the city, and now to live here at night and see it, it's something really, really special. But along with Quito, there's different things to do. I mean, I think that, you know, in any capital, obviously you have a lot more opportunity to interact with different things, and really when you're getting with Ecuador, it's like Ecuador, you know, I've done quite a few podcasts in Ecuador now, but the country's identity is really wrapped up in quite a few things. The first is the indigenous population. The second, you know, is 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 the influence of African Americans. And the third is the influence of Europe with the Spanish and the conquistadors and Catholicism. You know, those three things have really impacted it and created this kind of culture. You know, if you break down the food of what Quito what a lot of Catanias eat, I mean the first thing is soup. I mean, each providence has their own soup. There's probably 35 different soups within the regions. And, you know, some of them, I think, are really, really good, and some of them are not so good. The next is delicacies. Now, they call it kui, but it's guinea pig. So, a lot of people here eat, you know, at one point in time, people ate guinea pigs. They still do. Whenever you go to certain indigenous towns, you can see them roasting. But what's really interesting about um, guinea pigs here is they kind of serve a spiritual purpose. So sometimes what the medicine men would do is if you were having issues or if you were having problems spiritually, they would take a guinea pig and rub it over your body. And that would allow them to find evil, evil spirits or anything's going on with you. And what the medicine men then would do is open up the guinea pig or cooey. And that would tell your lifeline, tell your story about who you are, what issues you have. And it would provide kind of insight. So the guinea pig here has, is, is, is really important within the indigenous culture. They have a festival for guinea pigs where they dress them up once a year. And it's it's a really interesting aspect of it. But kind of something fun we did tonight is... We were able to set up um, a cacao—I won't call it ceremony, but a cacao cooking environment where you're able to go in and cook cacao and 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 kind of experience what it is. And cacao in itself is was first found in Ecuador five thousand years ago, and it's the basis of chocolate, which is so interesting. So. Originally, what would happen is cacao is considered a superfood and, you know, making it tonight, it, you know, it's a really interesting process, but the indigenous people would drink it and it would give them a lot of power and energy. So if you can imagine what your diet would be back then and you're drinking this substance that has a lot of different nutrients and is considered a superfood, it, really, it would really have a lot of impact on your day to day. Well, cacao was a form of, of a drink that was served here. It was something that was considered, you know, delicacy within making it. The first time I actually made an egg cacao, I was in the rainforest, and we took it, and we made it with larvae. So you take, like, um, larva that was pan-fried, they cut off the head, and you dip it in cacao, and it tastes like bacon, which is really interesting. But... So, cacao is a really important part of of Ecuadorian culture and society, and now it's found in different places in South America and found in different places in Africa. And what we were able to do is actually go through the process of cooking it. So, whenever you look at it, look at the fruit, it's really interesting because, you know, like you eat, you know, it's a big looking nut that you have to grind down, and whenever you smell it, it smells like chocolate or like it really reminds me of hot chocolate <laughs> oddly enough and we went to a house and we were able to kind of get this tour and aspect of it where first of all you're taking the cacao and you're cooking it and whenever you're cooking it there's this you know you you put all of these cacao seeds on a pan and you cook it for about it seemed like about five five ten to fifteen minutes and you're listening for a popping sound like popcorn and once you get to 12 pops, it indicates that it's ready to be the next stage is ready. And you take the cacao beans and you shell them to where they're just the nut. They have no shell in them. And then what you end up do is grinding them down into powder with a grinder. And then from there, you know, you mix certain things in. Well, here is kind of where you have the European influence with cacao is originally you would just cook it and drink it from there and be good. But, you know, some of the first cacao was bitter, so they put a little milk in there, and it really didn't taste very well. And then they put sugar, and that was the birth of chocolate. So Swiss chocolate, German chocolate, all this chocolate being created, you know, came from, you know, indigenous people creating cacao within the rainforest. And, you know, cacao in itself actually did have, like, a spiritual purpose. It was considered cacao in itself is communication With the God was the original name of it. And what the indigenous people were under the impression of is when they would drink it, they were able to communicate with the gods and it have some type of connection. Now mind you, five thousand years ago if you're in the rainforest and you're eating and you're scavenging and potentially eating guinea pigs, I could see how whenever you start to drink cacao, it makes you feel more nourished. Like almost like you're drinking I don't know, like a protein shake or an energy drink, but you're really having the superfoods and all the nourishment that comes along with it. Well, so we went through that, those steps and processes, and then after you grind it down into powder, you have to put in, you know, you can put in milk powder, you put in sugar, a little bit of orange juice to get that, bring the acidity allowed or bring the flavor out, and some salt. And from there, you cook it, you cook it, and you melt it down, and then you have cacao. And what we were able to do is try it with different flavor profiles, with coffee, with orange juice, with an orange, cherry, pepper, and it really was interesting how it all tasted. I mean, it really did taste like chocolate. It was really delicious, and then we finished it off with a um, some kind of shot that was like a. Like a cacao shot, and it was really, really delicious, but very, very sweet. A lot of sugar involved, but overall, the experience was was really, really great. You know, and we were in a house where a woman had a lot of nonprofits going on, or she has a nonprofit organization. So there's people in there from Canada and America who are living there and volunteering, in the Galapagos and eating there and staying at the hotel and. And overall, the experience was, like, great, and for me, like, you know, because I've been learning Spanish and speaking Spanish since I was 21, off and on, you know, I, I was able to understand everything, See, sí. por ejemplo, porque cuando la persona habla español, porque tiene muchas historias de cacao, yo entiendo eso, para mí es muy feliz, es, es un día es, like, wow, yo, yo entiendo español, porque... Espanol is es no fácil, tiene las palabras lo la mismo en inglés, pero es, es, es no igual, no igualmente, por, porque, por ejemplo, cuando tú haces la palabra claro, claro es un cosa cuando tiene un, un puede ser. So, it's, it's things like that. So, all in all, really good experience. I think Quito is, is a good city, a sleepy town. Been able to see a lot and do a lot here um, within it. And I think, you know, if you come to Quito, you're really going to enjoy it.